0: This is the Gambling Gauchos.
1: What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Give me just a second here to share this on Twitter and get Rob in, and then we will get started. A new thing we're doing this season, was After Dark. We'll do this at the end of every college football Saturday and kind of recap things around the Big 12 or the entire college football landscape. And this is sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams. If you need an attorney for any reason, they're based out of Fort Worth, but they handle cases all across the state of Texas, and they will get you the help you need. Hope you never need them, but they're here if you do. Okay, uh, feel free to request if you've got questions, comments, concerns from week one of the college football season. We'll get to as many of those as possible. Uh, pretty much no topic is off limits. So if you've got bad beats, winners, something that stood out to you, concerns, any of that, we'd love to hear it. Um, give me just one minute here to find my co-host and i'll let him uh join as a speaker and then we'll get started but if you do want to request go ahead and get in the queue and we'll get to as many of y'all as possible rob i just invited you to co-host let me know if that comes through what's up man
2: what's up long day long day at the uh tailgate show at 10 a.m we tailgated good day though yeah just imagine if you did that for 12 straight hours 13 hours and lost
1: um yeah that would have been bad couldn't be us well um We'll get into more of a Texas Tech-specific recap tomorrow, I guess. But, I mean, we can touch on some components of the game today. But wanted to take more of a broader look at the Big 12 and college football. Um, Where do you want to start?
2: Uh, That's a good question. Let's just – let's start with West Virginia. They play first. Okay.
1: Yeah, good point. Go through the Big 12? Yeah. Yeah. very little consolation in losing a game like that, a game that they were leading in the second half, their biggest rival who they haven't played in 11 years. But I thought despite the loss, they looked like a formidable team for the most part. I don't think they're going to be you know, top third of the Big 12, but I could see them being a, a bowl team for sure and a team that might wind up being a thorn in some team's side this season. Um, So despite the loss, I came away actually somewhat impressed by West Virginia.
2: Yes. I mean, I was well-documented saying West Virginia was going to absolutely suck. Um, I don't think JT Daniels is a difference maker, but I thought he made some really key third-down throws, and he was better than I thought he would be. Uh, They have a great receiver. They still have a good defensive line somehow it just never ends Uh, West Virginia generally pretty good on the defensive line so maybe in spite of Neil Brown they'll be competitive
1: yeah and that I think was the kind of the glaring issue after that game Um, a lot of people looked back at that fourth and one or fourth and inches where they opted not to go for it Um, it's, it's easy to point fingers after the fact but in the moment I was kind of questioning it and then the the game did not unfold in their favor. So, uh, you know, he's a little bit under the microscope as is. So I think that'll kind of be amplified because of how that game finished. But if they can get right against, uh, I think they have Towson next and then Virginia Tech, another rivalry game, a very winnable game. And yeah, then Kansas, I mean, they could get to 3-1 and one before going
2: to Austin. I think it's I think it's Kansas Towson, Virginia Tech, but yes. Okay, I mean, yeah, really, in any order, three chances right. there to, Absolutely. to get right, and
1: then if they can, you know, I don't know how good Texas is going to be this season, but if they can win that one or the following Thursday, they host Baylor in Morgantown. You know, I, I could see them being a solid like five and two out of the gates. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably a better position than many might have you know pegged them to be in preseason.
2: So, we didn't get to watch a lot of the games tonight. Obviously, you're in the stadium there. I'm, I'm in the press box, but not really paying attention to much else besides Texas Tech. But OU, Kansas State, Baylor, in any order, probably look like the three best teams this weekend. Yes. Just based on who they played, how they played, it's preseason expectations and all that. Yeah, I could I could get on board with that. And then next level, Texas, Texas Tech, and probably West Virginia, based on preseason expectations and what they did. Oklahoma State, right there, still. uh, They did not, they looked really good in the second quarter. I'll say that. Yeah. um,
3: Hey, Cole, uh, Rob, I'm going to get to our first speaker. Oh, uh, yeah. Our first guest speaker. How's it going? What's up, man? No, I, I just wanted to say, I I don't know. Like, after watching this whole weekend of college football, I feel like the Big 12 is wide open from top to bottom. Like, Oklahoma State didn't look that strong against Central Michigan. We've got Tech. I mean, there's an if there, you know. And then, I mean, West Virginia, they hung it against Pitt, but I, I feel like that's not sustainable. I feel like that's just a rivalry game. They're playing their – their butts off, you know? And so, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of it is... I mean, I feel like if, if Joey wanted to, he could open up this season, and I mean, we could we could open up for sure. I mean, just based on what I've seen this weekend, I mean, you look at all the other games, I mean, you look at... I mean, North, uh, North Carolina State, I mean, they... I mean, they egged against Appalachian State. And then they barely barely won a great football game. I mean, that was a great game to watch. And then you watch all the other games like Houston, UTSA, I mean Jeff Trailer put up a put up a hell of a fight. But at the same time you're looking at that and you're like, Okay, well, Houston barely lost or barely won. N C State barely won. I feel like Tech could sneak in there and get two wins just like that. And it could be just me being optimistic. I don't know what y'all think. But I feel like it could be us taking those games, and that would be huge. I mean, I was rooting for – obviously, I was rooting for Houston and NC State just for strength of schedule. But, I mean, the the barely wins – I mean, we, we could easily sneak in and, I mean, take those games. But I don't know what y'all think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Rob, if you're cool, I'll take the non-con component and you can speak to the Big 12 being wide open. But um, I've been, if y'all have been paying attention to our podcast most of the summer, I've personally been very, um, I guess, not as high on Houston as a lot of the national media types seem to have been. And so they're, you know, they won as a ranked opponent, unless they fall out because they're kind of on the fringe of the top 25 there. You're going to get a shot to beat a ranked opponent at home next week. And then, like you said, Cole, NC State, uh, they won a game on the road against a a decent opponent, but certainly looked beatable in the process and, you know, really had ECU been able to execute some special teams plays. they would have lost out of the gates. And, uh, yeah, you want that opportunity to beat a really highly ranked team when you play them, so glad they won. But, but yeah, I mean, I think you you look at the schedule and there's no game that's just a definitive, yeah, we're going to show up and
2: not have a chance that day. And, Rob, I think you feel similarly. Yeah, I don't think uh, you would sneak to beat either of those teams. I think NC State's going to be a different beast into uh, the season and at home. So I wouldn't, you know, chalk that up just because they had a close game against DCU, But yeah, I, um, H- Houston. I mean, look, you, you play a team like Murray State, you don't want to get too high or too low on anything. Uh, the secondary gave up some big plays. Your quarterbacks looked good. The wide receivers all met the bell. Um, but Houston is a much different team than Murray State. And I think they overlooked maybe a little bit of a trap game with UTSA looking forward to Texas Tech. So uh, certainly 3-0 and feels much more attainable today than it did preseason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. Um, I mean, I was always confident about the Houston game, but I thought that NC State road trip looked tough, and, and it still will be for sure. Um, but they look a little bit less bulletproof. You know, there was a lot of hype about their quarterback who I'm sure is still a good player, but I think he went like 13 for 24 today. I mean, th- there was nothing there that made you look at that squad and go, you know, yeah, there's no way we're going to go into Raleigh and win that one. So we'll see. But but yeah, I agree with Cole's initial assessment that the the Big 12 is wide open. The schedule's wide open, and you know, if you can stay healthy, which that's already kind of taken a hit, you know, hopefully you can be really competitive in a lot of these games.
3: Um, Darius, you're next. What's up, man? Hey, boys, I apologize uh, for the hoarse voice here. Um, I just wanted to quickly comment on uh, where we're at as Red Raider Nation. Um, I thought that the Jones was pretty rocket tonight for a uh, home opener. And I was just really excited to see that, you know, all the Twitter hype uh, translated to an actual stadium environment. So it's just really exciting to see the program uh, have juice like that again. That's all I want to say. Thanks for the show, guys.
1: Thank you for tuning in and uh, I, I agree, you know, these, these FCS openers are, are tough sometimes. And I, I get that it's not a big draw for a lot of folks, but you know, at least until like the second half when the game was well in hand, I thought, thought the crowd was good. I hope there's a little bit, um, a little bit bigger of a presence from the student section for the Houston game. And uh, and after you get into some big 12 games, I think that would really kind of enhance the atmosphere even more, but yeah, I'm with you. Overall, I was I was pretty happy with the crowd.
2: Yeah, for sure, and the the, the atmosphere, um, very good. A lot of good atmospheres around the Big Twelve. Uh, that obviously, the backyard brawl was a great atmosphere. I thought early in Colorado, you had a good atmosphere. I think TCU probably, even though they ended up looking at the box score, beat Colorado pretty good. Um. You're doing a power rankings today, tonight, Kyle. Is TCU ten?
1: <laughs> no, I was actually gonna, um, I was gonna zero in on that game next. You know, for as bad as Colorado is, TCU went on the road against a power five opponent and won by, you know, twenty or whatever the final line was. Um, they're, you know, they're kind of in a similar boat as Tech. It appears their their starter, uh, Chandler Morris, went down. Uh, Duggan came in and I thought did a good job moving the ball. You know, they they definitely looked um, anemic on offense at times. I think the first half, you know, was really brutal for them Then they kind of started to figure some stuff out but it was hard to really poo-poo that too much. You know, like I said, it, it's Colorado but it's a Power 5 road opponent week one out of the gates and they they took care of business so I actually was semi-impressed by TCU all things considered. Okay, so
2: Kansas staying
1: at ten. Yeah, I mean, I think they're ten until they beat a Big Twelve opponent this year.
2: Well, they have West, uh, West Virginia coming up. We'll See how that goes.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see how uh, we'll see if Neil Brown is employed after that game or not. Yeah. But I guess you had a you had a different take. You were you were unimpressed by TCU.
2: I mean, not unimpressed as much as just not impressed. Uh, I'm I'm with you. It's it's Colorado. It's on the road. Power five. I think Colorado looked like one of the worst Pac-12 teams this weekend. So, I don't know. TCU, unimpressive. I thought Kansas, for what it was, was impressive, even though it's Tennessee Tech. Texas Tech, you saw a lot of good things. Impressive, even though it's Murray State. Uh, Nobody looked bad in the Big 12 this weekend, which I think is a good step.
1: Yeah, and I wish I could have caught more of Texas and OU. Um, they were at least playing FBS opponents. I mean, not high caliber, but um, they at least didn't have an FCS game. And Iowa State seemed like, uh, again, I didn't see any of the game, but just looking at the box score, it looks like ultimately they handled an inferior opponent. So I'm excited to you know, see us get into the rest of the schedule. And some of these non-cons aren't going to be terribly difficult, but Hopefully we at least get more FBS on FBS action next week and start to learn a little bit more about some of these teams. Uh, Cole, did you have another thought or question?
3: Yeah, one other thing I wanted to say is I thought the student buy-in tonight was crazy. And, you know, like, I mean, five years I went to Tech and the craziest thing I've ever seen was the student turnout tonight was insane. I mean, that was the same as when we were playing OU and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was here. You know, I mean, it was just insane how much the students showed out and they bought into Joey McGuire's system. I mean, granted, they did skip off at halftime, but we were also up by a pretty big number. But uh, at the same time, it was crazy to see the amount of students showing up, and it was just something different. Under Wells, you didn't see that, you know. Like, whenever there was a non-conference game, first of the year there was there was no student turnout yeah i mean it was pretty pretty pitiful but tonight i felt good about you know you look down at the student section and you could see just a solid sea of red and they were just there they were there for the at least the half you know until we got up big but i just thought that it was crazy how much the students had bought into joey and how much they were there for the game
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like you're saying, it's a low bar after Matt Wells, Uh, but bar was met. And the only thing that helps attendance in the Big 12 is winning. So stack a couple of wins, beat Houston, go down to North Carolina State, beat them. Texas will undeniably be a sellout uh, and you'll probably sell out several more. Um, Lubbock likes winners, just like a lot of other Big 12 cities do.
3: Yeah. Um, let's well, talk not, about – oh, go ahead, Cole. Oh uh, Well, that's what – one of the guys that went with me to the game tonight, he's an Oklahoma State guy, and he was like, this is crazy how many students y'all have showing up to this game. And I was like, well, I mean, you look at the, the student – population for basketball games i mean even baseball games it's not crazy at baseball games but at basketball games it's definitely noticeable and he was arguing with me he was like y'all student section sucks and i was like dude honestly like just win and bring up you build it they will come you know and that that was the biggest thing i was arguing with him tonight i was like you got you got to get wins and then we'll be there i i'm telling you if, if we get I mean, even if it's just a eight win season, we'll we'll be there with the student section. That's not a big deal. He was just arguing with me the whole time. He was like, "Y'all student section is terrible compared to Oklahoma State's." And I've been to both games, and I mean, I, f- I felt like the student section tonight is definitely comparable to the Oklahoma State student section. Well, we, Maybe have, we have somebody to get, a get a couple
2: the, of uh, or something. Do what, Rob? So we just need to get some paddles or something. Hey, thanks for calling,
1: yeah. Cole. Well, we have somebody in the spaces here who might be able to speak uh, quite credibly to the Oklahoma State student section if he wants to chime in. No pressure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's, it's winning that's going to create that environment. And we've seen it with the student section and the arena in general with basketball. Um, you know, obviously this past season when you were undefeated at home, but even those last two years under Beard when you were – Basically a 500 program in Big 12 play, you know it was still an incredibly place, to, uh, incredibly difficult place to come play for opponents. Um, so yeah, we need to get there with football, and even an eight and four, nine and three type season, you know, you don't have to go 12 and 0 to get that kind of atmosphere. I don't think, um, but I do think that sort of energy in the student section is kind of what's been lacking from our home field advantage over the last several years. And so it's good to see them coming back. You know, even for an opponent, like I said, that doesn't necessarily excite people very much. But these next few games, Houston and Texas, I think will be telling us in terms of like fan interest in the program and student interest specifically. I hope they can come out there. But uh, Oklahoma State
4: fan club, what say you? Uh, I just wanted to say I really couldn't agree more with what you guys are saying. Uh, the winning thing does will attract more fans and students, especially because they're kind of like the heartbeat of the crowd anyways. And um, I'm actually glad I saw a picture of the, the crowd at Texas Tech today. And I was pretty glad that there were a lot of people there. Cause I prefer Texas Tech will be our new rivals in the new big 12, but it just brings another a different kind of energy to the, to the game. And it really changes the game. So it's a different type of culture.
2: Hey, a uh, question for you week one, uh, thoughts on Spencer Sanders because from an outsider's perspective incredible second quarter uh, pretty underwhelming for the rest of the time he was out there
4: yeah I mean I'm not going to lie I didn't see much of the game I had a lot going on but uh, he did do pretty good uh, in the first half especially the second half just like last year he kind of fell off I guess just the halftime time adjustments are going to be tough for a little while but he. That's the best I've seen him play since he's been here at OSU. So I was excited. I I don't think I've seen us put up that many points. I know we put up, I think, like 50-something 50, 50 against, like, TCU or Kansas last year, but that was pretty crazy. That was, like, taking a ride back to the, a few years ago, I don't remember, before our offense was bad.
1: I had to laugh um, during that game there's an Oklahoma state fan account that I follow. Uh, it it wasn't yours obviously, but, uh, real early in that game, I think he was like posting pictures of y'all's backup quarterback, you know, saying it's time. And then, I mean, I kid you not 45 minutes or an hour later, uh, he was saying that if, if Spencer Sanders had Alabama's logo on his helmet or across his Jersey, instead of Oklahoma state, he'd be the Heisman favorite. And, you know, I'm not picking on Oklahoma state. That's
4: just kind of, oh yeah 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 (laughs) that that plays a part but unfortunately that's just how it is
1: yeah you know college football fans are crazy and that's what makes the sport great
4: so yeah hey thanks for coming in man here in the big 12 we all are exclude well i guess you can exclude OU in texas but we're the rest of the fan bases are pretty passionate you know there's a good amount of alumni
1: and all that. So, Yeah, I think so. I think it seems like the the remaining eight were kind of brought closer together uh, after the news of last summer. And, you know, I think that'll turn back into rivalry soon enough. But, yeah, there's kind of this, like, common bond right now that is cool to see. Um, Rob, let's talk about UTSA versus Houston. It's a great game on the schedule this week. Great game. Uh, it lived up to the billing, um, mostly. I say mostly because I think the new overtime format kind of ruined it. And I won't get on a soapbox about in-state regional rivalries making college football great because I think I'd probably be pre- preaching to the choir. But what did you glean from Houston as our next opponent from the bits and pieces of that of that game that you were
2: able to watch? Yeah, again, that's you go back to Texas Tech's SFA last year. A lot of those guys in that UTSA locker room are sitting there saying, you know, well, we're a level down, and Houston didn't want us. Uh, They're going to go out and give it hell. So you look at a UTSA that wants to punch up to Houston. um, And then you look at Houston, and they look at Texas Tech a level up, and they're going to want to come in to Lubbock and punch up. So – I don't really take a lot from UTSA. I'm not going to look at Houston and say, oh, wow, they're more beatable now. uh, Because I thought they were beatable 48 hours ago. I thought they were beatable last week. And I think they're beatable, you know, 48 hours from now. So it didn't really change much. The results didn't change much. I think it's going to be a tough game. But, you know, and Donovan Smith, we trust, huh?
1: Yeah, Um I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I was able to watch a little bit of it. And, you know, the final score wound up being kind of high scoring, but that's because it went to triple OT. Um, For pretty big chunks of that game, it seemed like Houston was kind of struggling to move the ball consistently. Clayton Toon had some good plays. Um, Saw his mobility on display a couple times. And that's where I think you actually got a pretty good look from Murray State tonight. I I think typically you don't get a great look from FCS squads, but their quarterback, until he got hurt, unfortunately, he he was kind of balling out. I mean, they were averaging 25 yards per completion, and surely your secondary is at fault for some of that. But between him moving around in and outside the pocket and the way he played, I think it was actually a a pretty decent comp for Clayton Toon. So I think it was good for our defense to get that look tonight. Um, It just seemed like their styles of play might be kind of similar. And the other thing that I like is, of course, this summer, Joey McGuire was on the cover of Dave Campbell's with none other than UTSA head coach Jeff Traylor. And so if I were a betting man, as it were, uh, I would guess that Joey's probably calling his buddy Jeff Traylor and asking for some inside scoop on uh, scouting Houston for next Saturday. So hopefully. Yeah, they're, they're sharing the huddle login and the Google Docs yeah. and all that. I hope so. Uh, But, yeah, you know, I think it was the same Houston team from last year, more or less. And to a lot of outsiders, they think that's a good thing because all they saw was the 12 wins. But I saw, you know, Tech hang, what was it, 24 unanswered on Houston in the second half last year. And so I'm I'm like. by 17. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm not worried. And I guess I'm, uh, I don't know. I guess a lot of people. Yeah, we don't
2: have to be worried. We're just fans. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next week is actually a really good week. You talk about Houston, Texas Tech, but it's also Baylor, BYU, Iowa, Iowa State, uh, West Virginia, Kansas, Missouri, Kansas State, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, uh, UT, Alabama. So it has a really good second week compared to a a moderately good first week in the Big 12. Yeah, I think so. Um, Before I... Go on a
1: quick rant and uh, pat myself on the back. I just want to remind everybody that Gauchos After Dark is sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard & Williams Law Firm. They're based out of Fort Worth but handle cases all across the state of Texas. If you want to learn more about them, visit their website, bhwlawfirm.com. They were also our sponsor of the tailgate this afternoon, so appreciate their support of the Gauchos out there. Rob, we published some lists on Twitter this summer. And one of them was the best non conference games in the Big Twelve. And I put the backyard brawl number one, much to the chagrin of Texas fans, OU fans, yeah, and got massacred. Can we just are we vindicated and justified there after how that one unfolded?
2: Yeah, I mean I guess we'll have to see if Alabama uh, beats Texas with a we'll big be- six in the late fourth quarter, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think I don't think that has a chance. I mean, all you had was the entire national
1: landscape chiming in to talk about what a great game that was and how college football needed more games. Oh yeah. Liked. So, I, it's I been kind a decade.
2: Of, you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I, I, you you made
1: the right decision. I kind of doubt that will be the response after Alabama houses UT by twenty four or whatever it winds up being. Are
2: you Are you going to repost that list? Yes. If Al-
1: <laughs> I I thought about doing it on Thursday. You have a bunch night. of
2: screenshots.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I could I could just find the old tweet, yeah, though. Yeah, go and, get some receipts. Know, yeah, quote-tweet a bunch of poor SOBs. Yeah. I won't do that. But... I
2: mean, you're not petty to do that. But... No,
1: no, no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I thought about doing it Thursday night. I was like, well, you know, on the off chance that, like, Texas and Alabama go to overtime or something, I'll I'll holster this. I'll be patient. Um, I, I do think I probably underrated Baylor BYU on that list. And uh, I, I'm excited about that one, I think terms of week two even though like you said there's a ton of great great games on the big 12 slate I think that one might be the one most of interest to me because I think it'll shed some light on you know is Baylor a a solid team or are they a big 12 title contender
2: yeah and I thought BYU was gonna handle South Florida today but they handled South Florida I mean it was over early Uh, I guess I didn't see the final I was um busy at the tech game but that game – BYU is good. I think they'll make the easiest transition to the Big 12 when they come just because they've been playing that Power 5 schedule. But excited for that one. That's probably my game of the week. Would you Would you agree, Baylor-BYU?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think so.
2: Um, Past maybe Texas Tech-Houston, but
1: yeah but, just but, us but, being over. And honestly, I mean, like you said, there's so much that are – probably in like tier two right below that, that are all bunched together. You know, there's a lot of K state Mizzou beef on the timeline all off season. So I'm, I'm excited for that one, an old big eight and big 12 North rivalry. Um, I don't think Arizona state is a very good team, but you know, it's power five on power five. So I'm excited for that one. Um, you know, we'll see what Alabama, Texas looks like. I, I really don't see that being competitive, but, um thank you everybody for tuning in to Gatchos after dark sponsored by barnett howard and williams if you want to request to speak uh we're taking questions comments on pretty much anything college football related so get at us uh rob you you had a good week making picks didn't you
2: yes much better than last week uh, week zero was brutal uh seven and three though this weekend and the can't miss 10-team parlay that you served up, cooked up in the kitchen. We cleared that one, too.
1: Yeah, we uh, had to sweat that out a little bit with NC State. You know, it's one of those, we gripe when we lose a bet. We should have won. Should probably acknowledge the bets we win that we should have lost. Um, but, yeah, the 10-team all-chalk money line parlay hit. I had three units on that, so I was five and three. Not quite as good as you, but... Um, up, I think, just under four units. So certainly better than week zero when, uh, well, let's put it this way, week zero was aptly named as far as how my
2: picks went. Yeah, I was week less than zero. I was down bad. Did you see the end of that NC State game? I, I did not. Okay, I did. so here it is. Fourth down, no timeouts. East Carolina's... Rushing the quarterback in the offense off the field. Special teams unit is rushing on the field. And NC State calls a timeout. Now, it worked because East Carolina still missed the field goal. But why would you not make them rush that field goal? I, I Maybe they had 12 on the field or something. But it was wild that they called the timeout and let East Carolina set up for the field goal. I mean, it worked again, but...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, I caught up on the highlights after. I feel so bad for the ECU kicker. Um, my my old high school coach used to always say, a kicker can't lose you a game, they can only win you a game. And I guess that was his way of saying, like, if it comes down to a kick at the end, we're not going to blame the kicker because there's a million things we could have done before it got to that point. Um, but, man, it's just to miss an extra point that would have gone to OT and then to miss the game winner, I think, from 42 yards with, um, I think, only a few seconds left is pretty, a pretty brutal way to go out. And especially in a game like that that ECU kind of considers a rivalry and an opportunity to punch up, you know, that'd be like, I don't know, a good example. It'd be like UTSA trying to knock off, you know, Tech or A&M or something like that. So uh, those, those are pretty brutal way to go out. But um, it. it like I said earlier, it made me more excited for the NC State game because it seems like they can be had. And they probably had to put out some stuff like on film today that, that Tech didn't have to in week one. That Because, uh, you know, when you're trying to win a game that close at the end, you're going to uh, pretty much show whatever you have to. So hope our coaches have to kind of pick up on some of that for uh, that road trip to Raleigh in, in a couple weeks.
2: Uh, I want to put a call out to the people in here, the listeners. If there's a, a Kansas State fan that wants to chime in, I would love to hear their thoughts on the Colin Klein offense today. Um, seems like it was cooking early and maybe some of that, it's not called the border war, but uh, Missouri, Kansas State coming up. And uh, didn't get to watch much of the Iowa State game either. I would love to hear an Iowa State fan perspective on uh, Decker and the boys. Now that the entire offense left to the NFL.
1: All I saw from the Iowa State game was a couple of shots of their pedestrian bridge. Which I know they're probably...
2: Yeah, we, re-t- we retweeted a couple of
0: those. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Luke, what's up, man? Uh, hey, yeah, I was just going to talk to you guys about the K-State game. I was actually at the K-State game uh, today. And, I mean, the offense looked way better than it did last year, in my opinion. But uh I think the only concern from like K State fans is like the passing game wasn't that much of a factor today. But I mean the rushing game was off the charts. How much uh how much
1: running did they do with Martinez? Or did he or did they kind of not utilize a lot of quarterback run?
0: Uh there wasn't too many like QB draws, but he did scramble a lot. Like there was I mean, he probably I don't, I don't know his exact amount, but he definitely did get a couple, uh, quite a few scrimmage yards off his scrambling and using his legs. Okay, I was just curious on that because
1: um, in the off season, some K State fans kind of, kind of thought there wouldn't be a lot of designed runs for him, uh, which I thought was kind of surprising. Just with his athleticism and the kind of offense calling Klein ran at K State, I thought there would be a lot of quarterback run play, but. Um, Anyway, I'll be curious to see how that kind of unfolds throughout the season. But excited to see Martinez with a better offensive line just because of how dreadful it was at Nebraska last year. You know, I think he could certainly make a leap forward um, with a better offensive line like he'll have at K-State. Yeah, for
2: sure. Just doing a little uh, box score peeking. 11 of 15 for 50 yards. Three and a half yards per attempt for Adrian
0: Martinez. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were just. I mean, they just. The passing game wasn't there for some reason, but I mean, I think at out time they had a case they had like 200 rushing yards. I mean, it wasn't really a big problem, but I am a little nervous uh, for the Missouri game, for the passing game, just a little bit, to be honest, but hopefully the passing game is better next week.
1: Yeah, and you also kind of wonder if because the run game was going early and they didn't really need to push the ball down the field. Did they just kind of choose to keep it vanilla and not, uh, not show their hand? We'll see. I've kind of, I've kind of told myself that uh, when, when tech looked bad in week one against FCS teams, I'm like, well, well, maybe they just didn't want to show the playbook and usually it doesn't bode well, but, um, but yeah, I think that K-State Mizzou matchup will, will be a good one and kind of be a good benchmark for where K-State is before
0: we get into big 12 play. Um,
2: Any final
0: thoughts there, Luke? Uh, I mean, really excited with the new offense under uh, Klein, But uh, defense looked really good, too, honestly. I mean, it was a shutout, obviously. But, I mean, just was constantly getting pressure. And, I mean, the defense looked really good. And I think most K-State fans are super excited just because this is, like, a senior-heavy roster. So, I mean, I didn't realize how many seniors there are on the roster. But I think... There's only, I think, 9 out of 11 stars on offense and defense. were all seniors, so I think fans are pretty excited just to have uh, players that have been in uh, these situations and, I mean, really excited for the defense and new offense.
2: Awesome. Thanks, man. AJ, what's up? Kyle, uh, kind of moving back through some of the teams, is there anybody we haven't talked about that you're looking forward to or any games? The, the country you, you watched and maybe are going to be important for Big 12 play coming up? Oh, I don't know
1: about for Big 12 play. There was a couple nationally that caught my eye. Um, I think A&M being ranked sixth is a little bit of a joke until they figure out their quarterback situation. Um, I didn't lock this pick in on action. I guess I just forgot. We talked about it on the podcast, but Florida was a a two-and-a-half-point dog um, at home versus Utah, number seven Utah, and they won outright. And Georgia completely housed Oregon. And that was the number three versus number 11 team. And I've said this before on the podcast, but there's a huge gap between number three and everyone else. And I think that game pretty well illustrated that, although I thought Notre Dame ranked fifth, um, hung on pretty well with Ohio State for a majority of that game. They were they were winning in the second half, and then it was a one-possession game until the very end when Ohio State kind of pulled away. But I don't know what kind of season Notre Dame will have. I think if they ran the table from this point on, as, as long as Ohio State is as good as we think they are, I think an 11-1 and Notre Dame might make the playoff because they, they played pretty well today compared to like an Oregon. Whereas if Oregon ran the table, I think the committee would still say that's a 45-point loss um, that they had in week one and they'd have no shot at it. So I don't know. That was just a few, like a handful of games nationally that I thought sort of caught my eye and maybe we'll have implications later this season. Um, anyway, Rob, did you have any, anything else looking ahead for
2: big 12, uh, big 12 teams in the non-con? No, man, I think we pretty much carried it. Uh, Missouri looked really good against La Tech. Um, how good is La Tech downing from TCU there, their quarterback, um, Looked awful for for Louisiana Tech, and I'm just such a Missouri hater. I I do not like Drinkwitz. That dude is such a doofus. He's he's the biggest doofus in college football, I think. So, um, big fan of Kansas State this weekend. Intriguing matchup in Arizona State and Oklahoma State, uh, but I did not see a, a Arizona State score. So that's something I'll have to research before the show tomorrow. So. All in all, solid week from the Big 12, um, solid er- early run, and really looking forward to Week 2.
1: Yeah, I am as well. Um, I guess if there's nobody else, um, we appreciate Barnett, Howard, and Williams sponsoring Gauchos After Dark. This is something we'll do every, um, every college football Saturday about this time. So usually during Pac-12 After Dark, we're Hawaii, whoever's playing at this hour. You know, th- that way you don't have to watch the Pac-12. You can just tune into to Gacha's After Dark instead. Um, and then their viewership numbers that Stuart Mandel tries to skew in his next article will be a little bit lower. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with kind of a look at the opening lines across the Big 12 and more of an in-depth recap on Texas Tech-Murray State. Of course, the Tyler Shuck injury news to cover. Uh, Zach Kidley came out of the gates. Uh, really swinging so I think a lot to go over tomorrow but we'll we'll save that for later
3: we do have one more speaker uh Steven what's up man hey don't lay this out but congrats to Greystone and the ladies man they kick some ass on the basketball out uh volleyball out sorry six and0 oh, starting out
1: yeah good point I, uh, I heard an update on that at the football game that they were I don't think it was final yet but that they were playing well. And yeah, they had a road trip to uh, Georgia. I think Notre Dame. Well, yeah, before that, earlier this season, I think they went on the road and beat Notre Dame and maybe another team in the Midwest. So yeah, a really good early season showing from them so far. They were a tournament team last year. So hopefully they'll be back in that same position again later this year.
2: Love volleyball. Take us home, Darius.
3: Hey, guys. I don't remember uh, hearing y'all talk about it. I wanted to comment on the horse's performance. Um, as Centennial Champion, he looked a little weak, man, or you know, he/she, whatever it is. Um, and I was just curious, like, is there a point where we have to bench and get a new horse? Because you now we need to throw out strong and it seemed pretty timid to me.
1: Yeah, I. Um, uh, so I'd heard a few days ago that there was some like preseason event where the horse got spooked and that, that scares me. It's um, back in the, I think eighties, maybe nineties. Uh, the, the horse actually ran into the wallet at, at the Jones and, and died. And I, I turned to my wife before the, before they ran out. I said, I hope the horse does. Okay. And it kind of like, you know, barely like trotted out there. You know, it wasn't the traditional Yeah, answer. That was a
2: soft jog. Yeah,
1: so I don't know, I mean, I don't know enough about horses to know if that's something that, like, you know, is that, is that first game jitters, so to speak, and, like, after they're used to being in front of the crowd, and, and with the noise, they'll get more comfortable, I don't know, but I, I I think, yeah, if they never really get accustomed to it, then you need a different horse, because, I mean, it, it can be, you know, it's one thing to, like, yeah, just, like, not run out and kind of, like, laugh at it, but if they do get spooked, you know, it could be... You know, actually, pretty dangerous for the horse, uh, the rider, and other spectators on the field. So, I That's hope that sure. it was just kind of like a first game incident, and you know they'll get it figured out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think a lot of people noticed that as well, and uh, yeah, the mass rider might have been kind of the the weak point of the uh, of the Texas Tech team today.
2: Yeah, I don't know how long the leash is on a horse. Um... You know, recruiting has improved under Joey McGuire. how many you have in the stable, though. To... It's not like you can just go pull a horse up. Maybe you can go get Cody from the reserves. Uh, Cody came in for Fearless Champion when he was injured a couple years ago. So uh, well, maybe i Cody in the wings.
1: Yeah, they also one year just had Raider Red come in on like a Harley Davidson. Yes, um, yeah. And he was better at that than Tubby Smith was. Um, so I don't know if they had to do that for a season, you know, if they can't find a horse, uh, they got to train one this off season, then maybe they go that route or something. But, um, that is something I want to talk about, Rob. Maybe, maybe tomorrow was just kind of like game day experience at the Jones. Cause it was, it was different. I don't know if you noticed, but there was, there was a lot less or fewer like recognitions and sponsored shout outs. There was no Simba cam, there was no Kiss cam, no karaoke cam, Um, and I liked it. I thought it actually, like, my wife didn't notice those specific things, but she was like, it felt like there was more energy in the stadium, and it's like, yeah, because it's not getting sucked out by the, you know, gorilla t-shirt toss every 20 seconds, so I don't know. We can go into that maybe more in-depth tomorrow, but um to me a pretty obvious difference in in game day atmosphere on on some things like that just on the operations side
2: for sure it was a crisp production cool by all accounts uh group love was great
1: yeah i wish i could have seen that i was uh sleeping off a bit of a cold this afternoon um this was funny so they uh they showed Group Love on the Jumbotron at the game. They're like, you know, special welcome, our first guest at Raider Alley. And, you know, they look like a bunch of hippies. You know, what I mean, like they look cool. I'm not making fun of them, but. Yeah. Um, cut off t shirt and all. Yeah. Well, my wife was like, that looks exactly like what I thought a band called Group Love would look like. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I hope they did a good job. I haven't seen any, like, clips from that yet, but I'm kind of sad I missed that. And I'll be curious who they get next week, too, because I think it'll be even a bigger fan presence and student presence for the Houston game. So, you know, they're never going to live up to DJ Diesel, but if they can get close, then I think it'll still be a good atmosphere. Absolutely. All right, uh, any final thoughts, Rob? One
2: uh, to know, everybody, but uh, West Virginia and, well, uh, just West Virginia. Did anybody else lose? Nope. West <laughs> no, just there yeah huh so you hate to see that man you hate to see a, a school and a program like West Virginia uh just go down bad like that uh, well, and, boy and a,
1: and a and a coach that you admire so much like Neil Brown
2: Neil Brown is definitely a top ten coach in the business
1: <laughs> yes um cool well thank you everybody for tuning in to gauchos after Dark sponsored by Barnett Howard and Williams bhwlawfirm.com it's twelve twenty a.m central standard time so we'll let you get back to the rest of your evening stay safe out there we'll have another episode out tomorrow and we'll talk to you then